0: chapter twenty five of the queen's necklace by alexander dumas translated by henry l williams this librivox recording is in the public domain the academy of monsieur beausire beausire had followed the advice of the blue domino and repaired to the place of meeting in the rue de portofer he was frightened by the apparent exclusion which his companions had seemed to meditate in not communicating their plans to him and he knew none of them to be particularly scrupulous He had acquired the reputation among them of a man to be feared it was not wonderful as he had been a soldier and worn a uniform he knew how to draw a sword and he had a habit of looking very fierce at the slightest word that displeased him all things which appear rather terrifying to those of doubtful courage especially when they have reason to shun the eclat of a duel and the curiosity of the police beausire consented therefore on revenging himself by frightening them a little it was a long way but beausire had money in his pocket so he took a coach promised the driver an extra franc to go fast and to make up for the absence of his sword he assumed as fierce a look as he could on entering the room it was a large hall full of tables at which were seated about twenty players drinking beer or syrups and smiling now and then on some highly rouged women who sat near them they were playing faro at the principal table but the stakes were low and the excitement small in proportion. On the entrance of the domino, all the women smiled on him, half in raillery and half in coquetry, for Monsieur Beausire was a favorite among them. However, he advanced in silence to the table without noticing anyone. One of the players, who was a good-humored-looking fellow, said to him, "Corbleu, chevalier! You come from the ball looking out of sorts!' "'Is your domino uncomfortable?' said another. "'No, it is not my domino,' replied Beausire gruffly. "'Ah,' said the banker, "'he has been unfaithful to us. He has been playing somewhere else and lost.' "'It is not I who am unfaithful to my friends. I am incapable of it. I leave that to others.' "'What do you mean, dear Chevalier?' "'I know what I mean.' "'replied he. "'I thought I had friends here.' "'Certainly,' replied several voices. "'Well, I was deceived.' "'How?' "'You plan things without me.' Several of the members began to protest it was not true. "'I know better,' said Beausire, "'And these false friends shall be punished.' He put his hand to his side to feel for his sword, but as it was not there, he only shook his pocket and the gold rattled. "Oho!" Oh, said the banker, "Monsieur Beausire has not lost, come, will you not play?" "Thanks," said Beausire, "I will keep what I have got!" "Only one louis," said one of the women caressingly. "'I do not play for miserable, Louis,' said he. "'We play for millions here to-night. "'Yes, gentlemen, millions!' "'He had worked himself up into a great state of excitement, "'and was losing sight of all prudence, "'when a blow from behind made him turn, "'and he saw by him a great dark figure, stiff and upright, "'when with two shining black eyes "'he met Beausire's furious glance with a ceremonious bow.' The Portuguese, said Beausire. The Portuguese, echoed the ladies, who abandoned Beausire to crowd round the newcomer. He being their a special pet, as he was in the habit of bringing them sweetmeats, sometimes wrapped up in notes of forty or fifty franc. This man was one of the twelve associates. He was used as a bait at their society. It was agreed that he should lose a hundred louis a week as an inducement to allure strangers to play. He was therefore considered a useful man. He was also an agreeable one, and was held in much consideration. beaux became silent on seeing him. The Portuguese took his place at the table and put down twenty louis, which he soon lost, thereby making some of those who had been stripped before forget their losses. All the money received by the banker was dropped into a well under the table, and he was forbidden to wear long sleeves lest he should conceal any within them although the other members generally took the liberty of searching both sleeves and pockets before they left. Several now put on their great coats and took leave, some happy enough to escort the ladies. A few, however, after making a feint to go, returned into another room, and here the twelve associates soon found themselves united. "'Now we will have an explanation!' "'Do not speak so loud.' said the portuguese in good french then they examined the doors and windows to make certain that all was secure drew the curtain close and seated themselves i have a communication to make said the portuguese it was lucky however i arrived when i did for monsieur beausire was seized this evening with a most imprudent flow of eloquence beausire tried to speak "'Silence,' said the Portuguese. "'Let us not waste words. "'You know my ideas beforehand very well. "'You are a man of talent and may have guessed it, "'but I think more proper should never overcome self-interest.' "'I do not understand.' "'Monsieur Beausseil hoped to be the first to make this proposition.' "'What proposition?' cried the rest. Concerning the two million francs, said Bosire. Two million francs! cried they. First, said the Portuguese, you exaggerate, it is not as much as that. We do not know what you are talking of, said the banker, but are not the less all ears, said another. The Portuguese drank off a large glass of Ouija, and then began, The necklace is not worth more than one million five hundred thousand francs! Oh, then it concerns a necklace! said Beausire. Yes, did you not mean the same thing? Perhaps now he is going to be discreet after his former folly said the portuguese but time presses for the ambassador will arrive in eight days this matter becomes complicated said the banker a necklace one million five hundred thousand franc and an ambassador pray explain in a few words said the portuguese Messrs. Bomer and Bosange offered to the queen a necklace worth that sum. She refused it, and now they do not know what to do with it, for none but a royal fortune could buy it. Well, I have found the royal personage who will buy this necklace and obtain the custody of it from Messrs. Bomer and Bosange, and that is my gracious sovereign the queen of Portugal.' "'We understand it less than ever,' said the associates. "'And I not at all,' thought beaux Then he said aloud, "'Explain yourself clearly, dear Monsieur Manuel. Our private differences should give place to the public interest. I acknowledge you the author of the idea, and renounce all right to its paternity. Therefore speak on.' "'Willingly,' said Manuel, drinking a second glass of orgeat the embassy is vacant just now the new ambassador monsieur de souza will not arrive for a week well he may arrive sooner they all looked stupefied but beau who said do you not see some ambassador whether true or false exactly said manuel and the ambassador who arrives may desire to buy this necklace for the queen of portugal and treat accordingly with messieurs beaumur and Bossange. that is all but said the banker they would not allow such a necklace to pass into the hands of monsieur de souza himself without good security oh i have thought of all that The ambassador's house is vacant, with the exception of the chancellor, who is a Frenchman, and speaks bad Portuguese, and who is therefore delighted when the Portuguese speak French to him, as he does not then betray himself. But who likes to speak Portuguese to the French, as it sounds grand? Well, we will present ourselves to this chancellor with all the appearances of a new legation." appearances are something said beau Sire. but the credentials are much more we will have them replied manuel no one can deny that don manuel is an invaluable man said beau Sire. well our appearances and the credentials having convinced the chancellor of our identity we will establish ourselves at the house. That is pretty bold, said Beausire. It is necessary and quite easy, said Manuel, the chancellor will be convinced, and if he should afterwards become less credulous, we will dismiss him, I believe an ambassador has the right to change his chancellor certainly then when we are masters of the hotel our first operation will be to wait on messieurs burme and bossange but you forget one thing said beausire our first act should be to ask an audience of the king and then we should break down uh, the famous Riza Bey, who was presented to louis the fourteenth as ambassador from the shah of persia spoke persian at least and there were no servants here capable of knowing how well but we should be found out at once we should be told directly that our portuguese was remarkably french and we should be sent to the bastille we will escape this danger by remaining quietly at home. Then Monsieur Balmer will not believe in our ambassadorship. Monsieur Balmer will be told that we are sent merely to buy the necklace. We will show him our order to do this, as we shall before have shown it to our Chancellor. Only... "'We must try to avoid showing it to the ministers, "'for they are suspicious and might find a host of little flaws.' "'Oh, yes,' cried they all, "'let us avoid the ministers.' "'But if Messieurs Bermer and Bossange require money on account?' asked Beausire. "'That would complicate the affair, certainly.' "'For,' continued Beausire, "'it is usual for an ambassador to have letters of credit, at least, "'if not ready money, and here we should fail.' "'You find plenty of reasons why it should fail,' said Manuel, "'but nothing to make it succeed.' "'It is because I wish it to succeed that I speak of the difficulties. "'But stop.' a thought strikes me in every ambassador's house there is a strong box yes but it may be empty well if it be we must ask monsieur Bomer and bossange who are their correspondents at lisbon and we will sign and stamp for them letters of credit for the sum demanded that will do said manuel I was engrossed with the grand idea, but had not sufficiently considered the details." "Now let us think of arranging the parts," said Beausire, "Don Manuel will be ambassador!" "Certainly," they all said, "and Monsieur Beausire my secretary and interpreter," said Manuel. "Why so?" said Beausire, rather uneasily, I am Monsieur de Souza, and must not speak a word of French, for I know that that gentleman speaks nothing but Portuguese, and very little of that, you, on the contrary, Monsieur Beausire, who have travelled, and have acquired French habits, who speak Portuguese also? Very badly, said Beausire; "'Quite enough to deceive a Parisian. "'And then, you know, the most useful agents will have the largest shares.' "'Assuredly,' said the others. "'Well, it is agreed. "'I am secretary and interpreter. "'Then, as to the money—' "'It shall be divided into twelve parts.' but I, as ambassador and author of the scheme, shall have a share and a half, Monsieur Beausire the same, as interpreter, and because he partly shared my idea, and also a share and a half to him who sells the jewels. So far, then, it is settled. We will arrange the minor details to-morrow, for it is very late,' said Beausire, who was thinking of Oliva left at the ball with the blue domino, towards whom, in spite of his readiness in giving away Louis d'Or, he did not feel very friendly. "'No, no, we will finish at once,' said the others. "'What is to be prepared?' "'A travelling carriage with the arms of Monsieur de Souza,' said Beausire. "'That would take too long to paint and to dry,' said Manuel. "'Then we must say that the ambassador's carriage broke down on the way, and he was forced to use that of the secretary. "'I must have a carriage, and my arms will do for that. "'Besides, we will have plenty of bruises and injuries on the carriage, and especially round the arms, and no one will think of them.' "'But the rest of the embassy—' We will arrive in the evening. It is the best time to make a debut, and you shall all follow next day when we have prepared the way. Very well. But every ambassador, besides a secretary, must have a valet de chambre. You, captain, said Don Manuel, addressing one of the gang, shall take this part. The captain bowed. And the money for the purchases, said Manuel, I have nothing. I have a little, said Beausire, but it belongs to my mistress, what we have in our fund. Your keys, gentlemen, said the banker. Each drew out a key which opened one of the twelve locks in the table, so that none of these honest associates could open it without all the others. They went to look one hundred and ninety-eight louis besides the reserve fund said the banker give them to monsieur beausire and me it is not too much said manuel give us two-thirds and leave the rest said beausire with a generosity which won all their hearts don manuel and beausire received therefore one hundred and thirty-two louis and thirty-six remained for the others They then separated, having fixed a rendezvous for the next day, Beausire rolled up his domino under his arm and hastened to the Rue Dauphine, where he hoped to find Oliva in possession of some new Louis d'Or. End of chapter twenty five, recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.